Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Female Health Podcast. I'm Mary Jo, your host, and on this week's episode, I'm going through some uh, Q&A style questions, basically. So yeah, doing a Q&A on questions that you have asked me or some people have asked me on Instagram when I put up a box a few weeks ago. So I actually got some really good questions, all kind of around hormones, PCOS and supplements and lots more. So I'm going to go through... picked three questions which I think are pretty um which will kind of cover a few different bases so hopefully they will help uh, many of you listening including those who asked also um so to begin with the first question is um the question is periods are regular but what are the signs of ovulation and not ovulating as I think I have anovulatory cycles so this is a really good question it's a really well informed question and um, what I mean by that is because people assume because you get a period that you have ovulated and of course I understand that I used to think this myself and then I realized that you can actually get a period but not ovulate so this is what's called an anovulatory bleed and this can happen it's quite common in PCOS uh, where basically the body is just it's kind of like your body's giving up and trying to ovulate and just it's trying and trying and then it just says okay not going to work and the blood just um, leaves the uterine lining but you haven't actually ovulated or released an egg from the ovary or produced progesterone um, to counteract the estrogen and then a good sign that you have anovulatory bleeds are, are is that they're really really heavy and really really long periods and that they um are quite painful as well so that could be that's a quite a good sign of anovulatory bleed um because you don't have the progesterone to counteract the estrogen um which normally protects you from heavy painful periods uh, so that's just something to note so question really is um how to know if you're ovulating or not so so here are some of the main signs that you're ovulating. I'll go through them now. So the first one is, um, you know, the most accurate, really. Um, and you do need to um, have, I suppose, what to call it, a specific thermometer for this, but it's recording your basal body's temperature. So your core temperature basically rises after you ovulate. The reason for this is that you produce progesterone. And when you produce progesterone, it's kind of acts like a pro-metabolic hormone. So it boosts your metabolism. This is why you get more hungry during the later phase of the cycle and get more cravings coming up to your period. Um, but it's also why your temperature spikes. And a lot, a lot of people can actually notice that through maybe night sweats or like feeling really hot in bed at night. But to really know if you have ovulated and made progesterone, which is 
which is the key telltale sign you've ovulated, is through recording your t- temperature first thing in the morning. So this needs to be done pretty religiously. You need to take your recording first thing in the morning uh, on waking before you do anything else, before you even get out of bed and, re- and the, uh, feed it into an algorithm like natural cycles, which will start to predict when you are ovulating and if you have ovulated or not based on the readings. So your temperature only spikes about 0.5 degrees. It's really, really small. So that's why even a normal thermometer won't work. It has to be these specific thermometers to pick up if you've ovulated. So that's the most accurate or most uh, telling way to tell you that if you've ovulated or not. Um, next would be doing like a blood test to confirm ovulation. So this would be known as 21 day blood test, um, progesterone blood test. But just to bear in mind, this is the reason it's done on day 21 is under the assumption that every woman ovulates on day 14 of the cycle. And then it presumes or the natural way it works is seven days later aka 21 days you've got a spike in progesterone but the thing is not every single woman ovulates on day 14 so if you're going in getting progesterone readings on day 21 but maybe you haven't even ovulated yet your progesterone is going to be low anyway so it's not telling you if you've ovulated or not so it's helpful if you know when you ovulate so if you know if you that you ovulate around day 16 add on seven days and that's when you need to get your blood test done so seven days the seven days when progesterone is at its highest and that will tell if you've ovulated or not and so that is a another accurate way of informing you if you've ovulated it's unfortunately not the best for, or most helpful for someone with PCOS because the problem is with PCOS you just don't know when you're going to ovulate it's all over the place and I can say that for myself particularly when I didn't know what was going on in my cycle if someone were to ask me when I ovulated I'd look at them like what are you talking about? I haven't a clue and um, I wouldn't know the signs I wouldn't know what day anything like that Um. This was years ago when I was going, not even understanding how my cycle worked or how nutrition or anything had a role in managing PCOS. But, you know, I just want to explain that, like, most people with PCOS don't know these things and it's really, really normal. Um, so if you got PCOS, it can be a bit more tricky. Um, so the temperature thing is number one is the most accurate. Then number two is the progesterone reading on the blood test. Then the third sign is a more physical sign. And it's a good enough indicator along with everything else that you're ovulating. So if you get changes in cervical mucus. So coming up to your period, you normally have, um, so before your period, um, sorry, not your period. So say during your normal cycle, um, you'll have maybe like dry mucus, you won't really notice much, but coming up to ovulation, sorry, you will have, um, changes in cervical mucus if you're coming up to, if you actually do ovulate. So you'll notice more clear, stretchy, slippery, sometimes jelly-like um, mucus um, in your underwear. Um, basically, it's like egg white for some. It can be stretchy and slippery. It can be watery. Like it will differ for everyone. It's not going to be the exact same for every single woman. But um, yeah, that is a telling sign as well that you have uh, higher, your estrogen is rising. You're getting more estrogen and being, and this uh, and testosterone which is starting to increase your cervical fluid so that's another sign so if you are noticing that you have cervical mucus and maybe you have heightened scent of smell you've got a higher libido so like you just feel like you know more energized plus you're more horny and then you get a period 14 days later that's a sign you probably have an ovulatory cycle you did ovulate that cycle and you got your period then um 
if you didn't notice any of those things, but you got a really long menstrual cycle, probably longer than 40 days, and you didn't notice cervical mucus, and um, you felt low in energy th- pretty much throughout the cycle, you didn't notice any changes in, in mood, in, in libido, anything like that, and then you get a bleed that is quite painful, heavy and long, that could be an anovulatory cycle, one where you didn't ovulate. Um, so yeah, like the other signs of ovulation, you will have a heightened sense of smell, and be have more energy um, and you might also have a higher libido again every single woman is different and like if you're to read everything up in cycle thinking you'll see that like every woman should feel amazing and ovulation and this isn't often the case I've seen many women and I put myself in this box too sometimes I don't feel amazing in ovulation and factors can influence that such as alcohol and um, poor detox pathways um, and just stress on the body so if I have maybe maybe a month or two previous, had a few nights out, not sleeping the best, not eating the best. My ovulation time is not good. I'm more bloated. I've got indigestion um, and my boobs swell as well. And I just don't feel good. I get I actually get ovulation migraines as well. And this is to do with too much estrogen being built up in the system. So ovulation happens um what, what happens at ovulation you get high levels of estrogen um but if you got too much you can also get estrogen dominant like symptoms so some women do experience this at ovulation and this is a sign your detox pathways aren't working the best like your liver and your gut so a huge amount of the work that I do with my clients is to support liver and gut detoxification um so alcohol is one thing that doesn't help exercise is really helpful lowering your stress is really helpful eating lots of good foods for your liver like carrots beetroot leafy greens ginger turmeric and supporting your gut with lots of fiber will really help with this if you experience this quite often so that's pretty much in a nutshell how you look out for ovulation the most accurate and reliable and you know scientific methods I suppose to know for sure are the um tracking your your temperature and getting the blood test done the rest are all physical indicators that you may have and but good telltale signs along with other guaranteed symptoms like guarantee things like you get a period and you know plus you notice a cervical mucus that's a sign that you probably did ovulate so yeah they are um some things to look out for so hopefully that answers that question and uh, the next question is convinced I have hormone related weight gain and the question is solutions for this so I see this quite a lot like women um believe that like their hormones stop them from losing weight and you know if you follow lots of people you'll be told that calorie deficit is how you lose weight which absolutely it is this is true but if your hormones aren't balanced and you're not in a good place hormone wise this can make it very difficult to adhere to for a few different reasons. Your mood and energy are flat, you're stressed, you're anxious because your hormones aren't right. Um, and when you're stressed and anxious, you sorry, when your hormones are imbalanced, it leads to more stress hormones as well. So you're actually biochemically stressed and anxious as well. And um, you it can be harder to adhere to calorie deficit when you have imbalanced hormones because you crave more sugar, crave higher energy foods. You're not sleeping as well. You're probably not moving as well as you would like to. Um, And then like with raised hormones like estrogen and um, raised cortisol, you can be storing more water weight and you can be more bloated uh, in digestion and 
struggle to lose weight around the stomach area so hormones do play a role in losing body weight and like how quickly you can so whenever I see this I do definitely recommend supporting your hormones and I suppose like we all want to hear you probably want to hear like oh what diet to follow or what foods to eat but I definitely would look at lifestyle changes firstly the first thing I'd recommend if you feel your hormones are not balanced is to get outside every morning for at least 10 to 20 minutes so at least 10 and then up to 20 minutes and if you can do that every morning that will have a massive difference on your hormones so morning exposure morning light exposure helps to lower your cortisol levels and which is your stress hormone and if cortisol is high you're going to have more cravings you're going to have imbalances in blood sugars you're going to struggle to sleep you're going to have fat storage around your midlines of fat gain you're going to have bloating indigestion you're going to have loads of problems basically if your cortisol is high. So you want to um, start by regulating your cortisol in the morning by going outside and getting light exposure. So it doesn't even have to be a walk. Ideally, it is a walk. But even if you have somewhere to sit outside and just to maybe sit outside and, you know, journal or drink a cup of tea or just chill out there for 10 minutes, that would help you. I would recommend like a light walk, just a little walk in the morning as well. Get some nice movement in. that's not too stressful. Um, and don't worry if it's not sunny. There's still light coming through the UV, the UV light coming through the clouds. That will help you. And this is one of the biggest things I recommend to pretty much all my clients to do first thing in the morning to help regulate their cortisol and lower their stress hormones. It increases your serotonin production, which is um, your happy, feel-good hormone, productivity hormone, just makes you feel more product, uh, productive, energized first thing in the morning. Um, and also it starts to stimulate your melatonin production for nighttime. So you actually sleep better. So if this started to like make differences for you straight away you're going to be more energized so you're going to burn more calories as you're going to move more and um, you're going to have probably more control of your cravings because your cortisol control help is part of your blood sugar control and if you sleep more you're going to have more energy the next day you're going to be in a better mood so you're not going to crave as much sugar studies have shown if we don't sleep well we crave more sugar we have low energy so we want high high sugar foods so we find it really hard to maintain a calorie deficit that would be Tip number one. Tip number two, I would say focus on protein focused meals. So prioritize a protein focused meal. So if you're not doing this already, eat three meals a day with protein at each meal and also try to eat within one hour of waking. So many women don't do this. They skip breakfast. They don't eat for maybe three, four hours after waking. They have coffee first thing in the morning. They don't prioritize eating at all in the morning. So this is a big game changer. If you eat within one hour of waking, it can just simply regulate your blood sugars, reduce cortisol production from the get-go, reduce bloating, make you feel so much better. It may take a few days, even a few weeks for you to notice this, but trust me, this does help to support your hormones when you do this in the morning. You're, signal, you're signaling safety and society and nourishment to your brain. Your hypothalamus is feeling more relaxed which is like the command center for producing all your hormones. And if that is feeling relaxed, you don't have as much stress hormones being produced. Therefore, your body is in way more of a fit state to lose weight and burn fat. So eating in the morning, a protein-focused breakfast. So it could be something like 
eggs. You can make pretty much anything with eggs. So you can make an omelet, just like some eggs on a piece of sourdough toast with some avocado. It could be um, high protein chia seed pudding with Greek yogurt. If you tolerate dairy or uh, whey protein or vegan protein powder, it could be a high protein smoothie. Um, there's so many different options that you can do like cottage cheese pancakes, high protein pancakes, um, whatever works for you focus on high protein and some fiber in your breakfast and that will make a difference and then start to eat every three to four hours or eat like a breakfast lunch dinner you know in sustained periods not going too long without eating ideally don't eating like ideally don't go longer than five hours without eating a breakfast and this can make a big difference as well and then lastly I would say introduce weight training if you haven't already so resistance training or weight training will really help to regulate and balance your hormone hormones and burn fat so the more resistance training that you do low intensity, low impact. It doesn't have to be really intense at all. You don't have to be absolutely busting your ass to burn calories and lose weight. Slow, moderate resistance training can really help to shift the hormone profile in your body to regulating them in in your favor. So increasing muscle mass, lean muscle mass will balance your hormones out as well. And in turn, burn fat in your body as well more easily so like the more the more muscle you have the healthier you are overall you're burning fat more as you leave the gym as you sit in the tv watching tv that night so you're you're doing a lot of work for your future self and you do like 40 15 minutes of a workout and and it doesn't have to be really really intense so instead of looking at exercise and really punishing yourself and doing high intense workouts to try and burn fat focus on really increasing your muscle growing your muscle getting stronger so that you can balance your hormones use up the sugar that you're eating in a more effective way so like your muscle is like a sponge for sugar it will just absorb it all into the system so it's not floating around your bloodstream causing havoc basically regulating your blood sugars causing irregular periods and so on so for you, I'm not sure anyway of like why you think hormones are causing you issues with losing weight. You know, I don't know the full details, but you say you're convinced that you have hormone related weight gain. So the way I approach weight loss with women is to look at your overall lifestyle, not just look at calorie deficits. So yes, calorie deficit is going to help, but to make that easier for you to adhere to, get outside first thing in the morning and boost your mood, boost your energy, support your sleep, support all your, your stress hormones and lower your stress hormones. Two, eat protein first thing in the morning and eat protein at every meal and prioritize your breakfast. And three, start introducing weight training. And if you're already doing it, in, you know, keep doing it and maybe increase it or add more progressive overload and just get in walking then aside. Uh, you know, walk as your um, cardio basically every day. Um, and if you're not, start introducing it because it is a game changer. So that's what that's my advice for you. And I hope hope that helps. The last question I have is on inositol, when to take and how much to take it. So if you don't know already, I'm absolutely obsessed with inositol. Uh, it is my holy grail. It's the one supplement I feel has been the biggest game changer for regulating my hormones, PCOS. Um, I've had PCOS all my life and it's only really in the last last two years of my 20s and I'm now in my 30s where I really feel like confident that I have a good control over it and I get a cycle every single month now which is I I never had this throughout my whole 20s really so to, to be able to have this now is in my 30s is 
really, really amazing. And I do put a lot of it down to taking an Ozotol. Obviously, I do other work. I do exercise. I eat well. I know how to support my hormones. But one of the things I add in daily is an, an Ozotol. So I take Myova um, and I love this formula because it has 4,000 milligrams of inositol, but it also has folate and chromium. And chromium is really important because it helps to balance and regulate blood sugars, which is really problematic for most women with PCOS. And folate is great for energy. And I don't know about you, but for me, energy was a huge problem for me with PCOS. I would fall asleep during the day if I had time, basically. I used to really struggle with the mid-afternoon slumps. and um, No matter what I did or ate, I really struggled with that. So for me, that has really, really helped as well. So um, I take, I, the way to take inositol is in the morning and in the evening. So I recommend taking 4,000 milligrams. The recommended dosage between two to 4,000 milligrams. So it's safe to take that. Um, so take two in the morning and take two in the evening. Take it with your breakfast and take it with your dinner. So it is absorbed more easily with your food. Um, and yeah, so 2,000 milligrams at breakfast, 2,000 milligrams at dinner and uh, take it yeah t- twice a day. And that's pretty much it. It's... Um, a brilliant supplement. It helps with regulating your periods. It helps with ovulation, helps with fertility, helps with lowering testosterone. So if you've got symptoms of excess hair growth, uh, hair loss around the forehead, um, if you've got acne, it's it's really, really helpful. And um, the chromium and folate would help with your energy and help with reducing cravings as well. So it is a really good supplement to take. And that is how I recommend take it. And it should be taken as well that way. So again, um, if you want to the the supplement that I use, Myova, you can get 15% off that using my code MJ10. So I leave the links in the show notes if you want to check that out. And yeah, that's the Q&A for this week. So it's a pretty much a short and sweet episode. Um, if you like these episodes, the Q&As, I actually really enjoy them going through a quick round of questions. Um, I'll, I can do more of these. So do let me know, send me a message on Instagram or just um, share the episode. Um, it'd be good to know if you like this style of uh, podcast and yeah that's it for now um i will be launching the new pcos reset boot camp on the 13th of march that's when the next uh, round is starting so if you are interested in this or if it sounds like something you would like to know more about do sign up to my mailing list and you will find out more when it's been launched and how to get um the early word access to it as well so um i'll sign up to my mailing list i'll leave the link in the show notes and just sign up anyway because I will be sending you emails pretty much weekly on different topics as well so yeah that's pretty much it thank you so much for listening and um yeah if you enjoyed this episode um please like and share it or like and share it on Instagram please share it so other can hear and share with anyone you think these questions and answers will help as well bye for now chat next week